Welcome to the Baked Beans podcast, where today we'll be talking about our shared Melbourne experience. For our podcast today, I have a guest, Ashley. Hi. (laughs) So for context, we lived in Melbourne together, so that's why we're talking about our Melbourne experience as roomies. What we think of our time living in Melbourne. Okay. Okay. So I wrote a few notes about this, actually. I was, like, prepared. Um, so, like, in the beginning, we were both, like, super depressed. Yeah. We were just, like, very sad about, like, moving and, like, having no friends. Just very sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. Just very sad. And then, uh, like, my playlist for that time, like, the beginning of, like, 2019, I literally cannot listen to it now. Like... If I hear any song from that playlist, I feel sad again. Like, I have to skip those songs. Like, I can't listen to Talk by Khalid anymore. I can't listen to Dissolve by Absofacto. I can't listen to NASA by Ariana Grande. I can't listen to Sunflower by Post Malone. Oh, yeah, and we also had, like, designated crying spots. (laughs) <laughs> so for Ashley it was like underneath her bed because oh, her yeah. bed is like quite high like her bed frame so then when she needed to have a little cry she would crawl under her bed to cry yeah and, and lie then, there yeah yeah and then me and Esther would just be like yep Ashley's at it again crying and then for Esther it was like on the balcony she just cried in the balcony mm. and then for me I took walks so I would like walk somewhere I didn't know that. and have a little cry. I didn't know that. That yeah. happened a few times. What? <laughs> what? I mean, our house, like real estate wise, is quite small. And Ashley and Esther already took all the good spots. Under my bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have cried in the shower, but I'm not really a shower crier. Too many liquids all over. About crying place. on the rooftop. On the rooftop. Oh, but you needed to book it. Oh, that's true. Like, imagine booking the rooftop to cry. Just to go have a little cry. Designated cry session. Yeah. That <laughs> never got, got up to that level of depression for us. I remember Esther had a playlist that was like songs. Oh, songs that cry, cry on the balcony, balcony too. too. Yeah. 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 I checked that out a few times. Yeah. That was quite good. Oh, and then we, like, me and Esther, we had our 11.45 p.m. depression cereal eats. Where oh we my just God, yeah. eat cereal in the kitchen when we yeah. were sad. <laughs> Ashley never partook though. Any reason why? I don't like eating late at night. <laughs> oh, very fair. And I think you were asleep sometimes as well. True, true. Yeah. True. I would often hear behind closed doors the sounds of munching. The sounds of munching. Yeah. The sounds of munching on cereal. The crunch crunch and the munch munch. You make it sound like we're just, like, going ham with the cereal box. <laughs> you know what? It was kind of like that, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> we ate cereal quite aggressively. Oh, and also, another good thing about living in Melbourne is that, like, we had control over, like, everything that we did. Like, going out whenever we wanted, like, decorating our house and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm in Sydney right now, right? And I live, like, at home with my parents. But it's, like, I can never find anything in the kitchen. Like, even, like, simple things, like, like, spoons. Like, it's not... (laughs) (laughs) We don't have spoons in the cutlery drawer. I, like, don't know where they are. And even, like, jars, I don't know where they are. Like, cups, I don't know where they are either. So I never cook, like, in Sydney. But then cooking in Melbourne is, like... More familiar. Yeah, so familiar. Like, I know where everything is because I put it there. And also, like, decorating our house how we wanted it to, to, how we want it to be. We had, like, no decor in the beginning for, like... <laughs> a year. A whole year. Because <laughs> we're just too depressed. <laughs> Bro, yeah. <laughs> and then one day, and then we decided that we needed to do a makeover. Because you associate your surroundings with, like, that depressed period. Yeah. So you had to, like, so change true. your surrounding. So we went out, we, like, changed our house. And that actually, like, really did help a lot. Like, I genuinely, like, felt so happy every time I looked at that corner of our house. Yeah. It was, like, yeah. so cute. Yeah. Oh, and another good thing is, like, we're able to be spontaneous. Like, we would always go get ice cream 
Okay, not always, but sometimes we'd like go get ice cream from like the ice cream store on the street, or we'd like go to the bookstore late at night, just like look at books. So you could just be like, I want to go to the bookstore. Ashley, do you want to go to the bookstore? And then Ashley would always want to go to a bookstore because she's a hoe for books. So then we just go <laughs> take a little tram trip to the bookstore. Oh, and I like at a weekly Monday movie night. I can't believe oh I forgot God, about yeah. that. Holy shit. Like, so basically we had this small cinema like near our house called like Cinema Nova. And then every Monday they had like cheaper movie discounts. Yeah, I think they were $8. Which I said discounts. <laughs> discounts. <laughs> <laughs> movie tickets. Yeah, they were $8. And so almost every week we'd go and choose a movie and just like watch, watch a movie. movie. Yeah. It was just... Pure vibing. Yeah, we watched so many movies. Watch, watch Emma. Weathering with you. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Oh my god, there's something about small cinemas, because I swear, like when we watched Weathering with you, there was only I would say like twenty seats. Yeah. There were only like twenty seats in that like tiny ass theater. Yeah. But it was so good. And the seats were like square and plush, like plush sofas, basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was really good as well. Oh, also, our apartment always had, like, fire evacuations for, like, no reason. <laughs> like, the first time we ever had one, like, a actual fire evacuation, it was at 3 a.m. And we're all just, like, shocked awake. I was not even awake. I was literally, like, naked because I was, like, about to shower. <laughs> I was, like, I literally, oh, yeah. like, I think I already had the water turned on and I was naked. I was, like, just, like like about to step in but i hadn't yet i was like waiting for the water to warm up or something and then i heard the fire like sound and then i was like oh my god what do i do because i swear like it's literally like a fear of mine having to leave the house when i'm showering like i don't even know what i would do it actually happened yeah and it actually happened so then i like quickly like scrambled to put my clothes on and i exited the bathroom to see like ashley and essa like bewildered in their room yeah i don't know why we had one Probably someone just, like, was cooking and set up the fire alarm. So the fire trucks, even fire trucks came to our street. Yeah. Yeah. It was And so they were just weird. like, what the heck? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, the whole apartment was, like, just out on the street. Oh, but what? the good thing was you got to see all the pets. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> in the apartment. Yeah. I was just going to say that. There were so many pets. There were, like, so many dogs. And I saw a bunny as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a bunny. And a bunch of cats as well. I also saw this one girl, like, doing her homework. Oh my god, yeah. She was literally <laughs> doing her homework, like, on, like, we have, like, a little fence. It's not really, like, a fence. It's just, like, a concrete sort of, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's like something that it surrounds the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, concrete, and it's around, like, waist height, and she was just, like, doing her homework. And then I was like, damn, that is, like, some hardcore dedication. Yeah. At 3 a.m. during a fire evacuation. I know. And we never found out what caused it. Yeah. They just never told us. Yeah. We just could go get, go back in. And then I took my shower and went to bed. And there was another one, right? Like, the day that I left Melbourne. But you were oh, still yeah. there. Oh, yeah. The day Lauren left Melbourne, um, there were, like, there was a fire evacuation. I was like, okay, I'll go down. And then literally 20 minutes later, there was another fire evacuation. <laughs> And it's really annoying because each time the fire truck has to come and they have to wait for them to give you the okay to go back into the apartment again. And it takes so long because everyone tries to get in the elevator. So you have to like... Oh, yeah. And we live on level six. So it takes like so long to get up there. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time like this guy was like, oh, I'll go up to level one and then I'll come down and like open the stairs for you guys. Because we have like a flight of stairs up. But then like the ground level was like locked. So then, like, you know, not just, like, any random person could just go up to our, into our apartment. So then, like, it was actually, like, kind of heartwarming seeing so many people, like, hmm. plan to, like, you know, how everyone can get up to their homes, like, in an orderly fashion. True. I like that. True. That was yeah. very cute. That was very cute. Oh, and another good thing about living with roommates is that whenever I cook food, outwardly, I'm like, ugh, Ashley's stealing my food. Ugh. Like, it's I hate it when I when she steals my food, but then when she steals it and she says it's yummy, I'm like, hey. it's because Lauren's a tsundere. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> She's a tsundere. I'm cutting this out. 
<laughs> cutting this out. <laughs> but Lauren's food is very yummy. I learned to cook so many dishes in quarantine. I mm. cooked Carter get chicken. Yeah. I have a funny story about that, actually. What? Like, I made a tweet about this when I thought, like, I was trying to fry the chicken, right? And then, so I was just waiting for the oil to, like, heat up. But then, like, I thought that oil boiled. But, like, oil doesn't boil. But I genuinely thought it boiled because I guess, like, in my like in my mind, I had the image of when you drop the food in and then it starts, like, bubbling up like crazy, right? But I thought it did that on its own. So I was waiting for that stage to happen. And then it never happened. Oh, at this point, I, I waited, like, 30 minutes for the oil to, like, boil. But it, like, didn't boil. So then I was like, you know what? It's probably hot enough. It's, like, 30 minutes on high heat. I'll just drop the chicken in and maybe I'll, like, leave it in for a little bit longer, you know? And then as soon as I dropped the chicken in, it started, like, smoking like crazy. And it immediately burnt. And then I set up, I set up the fire alarms. With apartment ones? No, no, no. Not oh, the just apartment the inside ones. ones. Two, like, yeah, we have two fire alarms, like, in our, like, in our, like, own apartment. Like, in our, in our living quarters, I guess. And I set both of them off. Except I didn't even know that we had two fire alarms in the beginning. Like, I thought we only had the one. Yeah, we thought we had one. And we have two. Where's the other one? Next to the air conditioning. Like, in, like right oh. outside your room. That's a oh. fire alarm. Oh. So then I, like, I turned off the first one, like, by the kitchen, because I knew that was there. And then, like, the sound kept going on. But then, like, I have really bad, like, direction of hearing. So I thought that it was, like, still the one in the kitchen that was making the noise. So then I was like, oh, I turned it off. Why is it, why is it still making noise? So I took the battery out. And then I was like, wait, why is it still making noise? There's no battery in it. And then so, like, I kept fiddling with that one until it finally dawned on me that the sound was coming from somewhere else. <laughs> so then <laughs> that's when I finally went to the, like, to the, to, to the second fire alarm, and then I turned that one off. True. And then when I came back to um, Melbourne, I realized that both fire alarms were, like, off. Like, the batteries were taken out. It's because Lauren always burns her food. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say always. That happened once, and then I just never put the batteries back in because I knew that something bad would happen. That just means you know that you're going to burn your food. It's called risk management. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I think a core Melbourne experience is, like, the shocking realisation that, like, drugs are everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, there was this uni friend that, um, that's in, that's in my course. One day, he brought, he brought a pot to uni, and then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm growing some weed. <laughs> and then we're all like, cool. I think eventually at the end of the year, he like his weed actually grew and then oh, it he... did. Yeah, it did. It did. Esther yeah. offered me some. Yeah. Also, once I went to this um this like Aesop Christmas party and then my coworker were all going to like the toilets and then my co coworker was suddenly like trying to gesture me into like the same bathroom store as she was going to and I was really confused. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay, you can go pee. <laughs> and then, because, like, I think all the stores were, like, full at a time. And then turns out later, she was trying to offer me Coke. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. You thought she was offering you the toy. Yeah. I thought she was offering me to pee. <laughs> That's pretty funny when you think about it. Yeah. Oh, dude, and then it's so weird because, like, in high school, all your teachers are like, don't do drugs, kids. Don't succumb to peer pressure. But, like, literally nobody in real life pressures you to do drugs at all. Yeah. Like, nobody has ever pressured. Like, I've never heard of anyone pressuring other people to do drugs. Like, if anything, they're like, yeah, don't do drugs. It's bad for you. Yeah. But, like, do you want some? <laughs> but, like, oh, if you don't, that's honestly mad respect. Like, I've never heard of peer pressuring people to do drugs oh i think an iconic melbourne experience for me was um the first time i went to like a gay club with like some of my uni friends you were not there right i don't think i was yeah and then we were just like hopping around gay clubs and then and then watching like the drag shows and then going to the unisex bathroom and then talking to the drag queens in line in the bathroom (laughs) it's just a very 
Melbourne experience, I feel like. You know what? Yeah, that has, like, massive Melbourne vibes coming from it. Yeah. And, like, inside the bathroom, there was, like, this huge framed mirror. It was, like, kind of gold-framed mirror and, like, a plush chair. And it just felt very Melbourne. True. The clubs in Melbourne, I think, are way better than Sydney. Me saying that, never have gone to, a like, a <laughs> Sydney club. But, like, from what I hear, Melbourne clubs are, like, so much better. I mean, there are definitely some, like, bad clubs out there in Melbourne. Like, the first one that we went to. What was it called? I don't even know. Oh, it's called Spice Market. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they offered, like, four free shots for girls. But then, like, those kind of, like, events are definitely, like, a telltale sign that club is not good. Because the fact that they need to attract, like, young girls probably means that they're, like, you know, that clientele is very skewed towards mm. the creepy old men. Yep. And yeah. it was. <laughs> it, de- it definitely was. But then if you go to the ones that you like, that are, like, a little bit more younger. Yeah, the Melbourne clubbing scene is quite different to Sydney. Have you been vibes. to a Sydney club? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, but I haven't. I suddenly remember that one time. It was like someone's party, like maybe Sam's party. And then before we even got into the club, you fell on your face. Oh, I remember. You, Lauren fell on her face. Yeah, I fell on my face. I like, I was just walking. I was just walking. And then like, I didn't even know that I fell. Because like, I guess I didn't even use my hands to like brace myself. I just went like, like it was like a 90 degree thing. And then just flat, like a straight line, flat to zero degrees. Because I had scabs just like all over the back of my hand, all over my yeah. arms. There's one on my chin. And your nose. Oh, and my nose. I was just like scabbed all over. I still have the scars like to this day on my hands. This has just turned into tragic stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, 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 let's gear back to some more wholesome some adventures. Whole- yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That was so loud. That was so, like, vibrant. Oh, in Melbourne, I started doing this thing where I burp and then I blow it in <laughs> in either Ashley or Esther's face. I think it began when Esther did it to me, and then now I do it to Ashley. Yeah, it's and really like, annoying. <laughs> and then she blows at me, and then I have to blow back at her. Yeah, blow the air back, so then yeah. we're just like... So it doesn't touch me. Yeah, so we're just blowing air at each other at that point. Yeah. Should we take a break? <laughs> Okay, so basically when I was writing notes for today's podcast, I sort of started segueing into life lessons. Because Melbourne experience is like pretty broad. Like there's like anecdotes and then experience. I feel like I interpret it as more like experience, you know, Mm. like stuff that you gained from like living in Melbourne. And I feel like my perspective has like really radically changed. So tell us about one of them. So the first one, right, is like when you go to uni that no one else you know is going to, you're like less likely to absorb like other people's mindsets. Like you start like forming your own opinions rather than just adopting what everyone else thinks. Because I feel like especially in like selective school, right, everyone kind of like had the same sort of mark focused I said mindset so many times, but like, yeah, like mindset. And then uh, like, once you like move away from that, I had to like really think about what I thought. So then the first one that I thought about is that like, I stopped focusing on like my career as just like a way to like make money. Like for example, these days, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks that's like, oh yeah, what's your dream job? And then the person is like, my dream is not a job. Like, that kind of makes sense. Like, why should your, like, life dream be, like, a job? Like, Mm. why do you dream to, like, work? Yeah. And especially during, like, corona, right? I, like, dropped out of uni. And then in the beginning, I was, like, so, 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 like, worried about it and, like, stressed. Because I was, like, like, it just goes against everything that I was supposed to do, right? Like, if I'm a student, I should be, like, in uni. And I wasn't even, like, traveling or anything. I was just, like, at home, quarantined, not allowed to go out, just sitting at home all day. But then I feel like, in hindsight, that was, like, really helpful to, like, shed that sort of goal-oriented mindset. I think I had similar experience, but, I mean, I didn't fully drop out of uni. Oh, yeah. But, like, 
in the first semester, I was like, I mean, I was just doing courses and transition to online. Yeah. And then like, I hated one of the electives I chose. So I just like, you know what, I'm just gonna drop it. And just like, didn't care about it. I was like, cool. I just like, if it takes longer to complete uni, then that's fine by me. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was worried about taking too long to complete uni. Like taking a gap year would mean that I like finished uni like one year late. Yeah. I remember like in the beginning, I made a tweet about it and the tweet was like, Oh, remember how in um, HSC when your school had like guest speakers come and they were like, the hardest part about uni is routine. Um, and then I was like in the tweet, the actual hard part is like the fear that all your friends are going to like graduate and leave you behind when yeah. you're still like dilly dallying around in uni. Yeah. I was just like, like that really like encompasses what I was worried by. But then if you just like think about it, right? Like people live up to so long. What is one year going to do? Yeah. Like, one measly little year. Like, it's literally, like, inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And if you just take a year off to, like, really reflect on what you're doing, like, I feel like that's way more beneficial than just, like, using that year to, like, go to uni and, like, do uni stuff. Mm, and have no time to think about anything else. Yeah. Like, I feel like taking some time to, like, reflect is, like, very, very, very important. Yeah. Like, very important. Yeah. I, like, can't stress that at all. Like, so important. Yeah, I think I used to not really understand why people did part-time uni. Yeah, I mean, actually, right? I mean, I did if, like, they had to work at the same time, but I didn't because, like, then you'll take so long to complete just one degree. Yeah. But then now, like, because I also dropped another elective this semester, too, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck it. And then I feel like it just gives me so much more time to think about the things that I'm already doing instead of, like, cramming everything in. Yeah, exactly. And you have, like... A good balance of doing and then thinking. Because I feel like uni work and even like high school work, right? Like when I think back to like what we studied in high school, like Yates or like like the Tempest and stuff, mm. like all that our English courses. Like to me, I just like was so stressed about it because I just had to like memorize quotes, analyze evidence and all, and all that stuff. And then mm. I knew about the themes because they were like drilled into me by the teachers. But then when I like actually think back about what they were talking about, it's pretty interesting. Especially, oh, what was her Yates poem? The last one that we learned, the sixth one. Before school, uh, school. I I want to say the school one. Yeah, the school one. I want to say after school ends. Oh, after school children. Oh, after school children. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That poem, right? I feel like it's so like it's so relevant, especially to high school students who are just like beginning their life path. But then like that, like all that like literally blew over my mind when I was studying because I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this poem is so long. Oh my god, I can't believe I have so many quotes to remember. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like we didn't have any time to like focus on the right things. We just had to like cram it all in just for the sake of like getting good marks or HSC, which like ultimately is like not that important. Mm. Like it really isn't. It really isn't. It really is not important. But then like as much as like someone else says that to you, because I remember, like, there were people who, like, talked to us during HSC and they were like, yeah, marks are important, blah, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't absorb, right? Like, you don't understand it. Yeah. Until you understand it. Yeah. And also everyone else is still on the path that, like, you have to get good marks. So your environment is still the same. Yeah, So exactly. even if you want to change, it's like, you can't, it's, like, hard to understand that mindset. Yeah, that's, like, what I was talking about, like, in the beginning when I said, like, going to a different uni in a different state yeah. really helped me, like, shed that sort of mentality. Because it was, like, no longer that, like, influence. And then also just, like, on the same note as, like, getting a job, right? Literally just then, like, before we started talking about life lessons, we, like, had a little food break and we ate some food. And then, like, I was eating food at, like, Ashley's table, right? And then I saw she had this, like, teacup. Like, you know oh, that teacup yeah. and it said... It has a quote inside yeah, the yeah, ring. Yeah. It was like the mind will deteriorate into like an ill pimpled thing, just like the body. If it's like if it has an excess of comfort. Oh, is that what it says? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And it's by like it's a quote by like Charles Dickens. And then that like resonates with what I'm like about to say, which is that like being rich for comfort is like so stupid. Like the whole idea of just like earning money to be comfortable kind of sounds like some like survivalist shit, right? Like you like gather food to survive. Mm. But then in this case, you're like gathering money to be comfortable. But like comfort is such like a vague benchmark to hit. And also it's like so wasteful because we have so much around us. Like we can travel, 
We can read books from like billions of people from like thousands of years ago. Like there's so much like stuff out there to experience. But then if you're just like working all the time to like, I don't know, like be rich, I feel like you'll definitely like miss out on a lot of that. Yeah. Like I saw this TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I love how everything ties to a TikTok. But like it's kind of true. Like TikTok is such like a good platform to like share ideas. If you just like ignore the fact that like TikTok is kind of cringy, like there's actually some like really good stuff out there from like a lot of like young people. Because mm. like at the end of the day, it's just like everyone creating content to like share ideas make other people laugh and all that stuff right yeah like it's quite like a good way of connecting yeah i would say no i actually saw this post recently yeah okay, let me find it first but okay it was basically like talking about the elitism of art oh. versus like meme culture and how memes like are so much more successful than art is oh yeah because it's memes, more widespread yeah, yeah and memes can like convey like relevant ideas really simply whereas art is like just a elitist that's true elitist kind of old-fashioned out of out of date way of communicating ideas oh there was also this this part where it was like they buy art that is like that is significant in that it's very representative of like a particular artist like it's clear that it's someone's style it's kind of like um claws like his iconic sculptures right oh, you can yeah. just tell it's his style and then so wealthy people they buy a piece of that like art like sort of mindlessly just so they can own a piece of it but they don't really care like how they got to that point because by that point those artists all their work looks the same yeah yeah so they're just like repeating the same idea each time and then so like all the people they just buy a piece of it as like flex culture yeah almost. as like flex culture that's so true because yeah. it's easily easily recognizable instead of like if you buy instead of people who create art like well it's just, just yeah just that, that repetition sense. of the same sort of ideas that's true and i feel yeah. like the like average person who wears like a coarse shirt doesn't even know what it means like yeah. i don't know what it means yeah i don't either. know what it means either <laughs> So this is what one of the slides says. Mm-hmm. Memes are what it would look like if you applied the art world's self-congratulatory um, rhetoric about aesthetic freedom, subject matter, inclusivity, and create- creator diversity to reality instead of retrofitting those ethics to a Ponzi scheme for criminals to buy abstract abstractions. That is true. That's kind of like academic elitism. Yeah. Because like so many academic papers are like pretty expensive. They're like twenty dollars for like a paper. But then there are so many people on TikTok that are like like they're kinda older, they're like in uni and like this is one trend where basically it's like like your face or something, right? Yeah. And then there's like a colourful filter, just like there's like a really colourful filter, and then there's just like a block of text. Like the whole screen is like text. Some of these people, it's, like, they're writing, like, the text is about, like, what they're learning at uni and stuff. And there was this one about, like, oh, like, man versus nature, right? Like, the whole concept of, like, wilderness comes from basically, like, colonizers. Because yeah. they're like, oh, we've got to, like, tame the savage people, the wild people. Mm. But in reality, like, these people are, like, living, like, in harmony with the land, right? Mm. It's, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, man versus nature. It's, like, man with nature. And then, like, right now, we have these, like... Like, even our appreciation of nature is almost, like, commercialized. Because mm. we have, like, these, like, nature... Like, these reserves and stuff, right? And then in the video, it was basically, like, these reserves are basically a cop-out because it says... Because it's basically saying, oh, we've saved some of it. Like, this 1% of, like, nature. That means mm. we can, like, freely go out and ruin the rest. Yeah. Cause it's, and it's okay because we saved this one little itty-bitty bitty piece of land. That's fine. We can just ruin the rest. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. Anyway, how do we get there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, the TikTok that I saw about oh, yeah. being comfortable and, like, working and stuff like that. So, basically, the TikTok was, like, this girl, right? She was, like, abused as a child. And then she moved out now. But then her mom, like, died. Like, her abusive mother died. So, then she had to go back to her childhood home where she was abused, and then clean it out. And then her mom was, like, a hoarder, so, like, she, like, asked her siblings for help, 
And then her brother was like, oh, sorry, I can't. I have work. And then so her, like, sister-in-law helped her instead. But then, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, why didn't her brother just, like, take a day of work to, like, help her sister? Like, it seems pretty important. But then I was like, oh, maybe, like, he can't because then it's, like, really important. He'll get fired if he, like, takes a day off. Because, like, that happens sometimes. Like, some jobs, is, like, just don't let you take days off. Because mm-hmm. I just want to, like, work you to the bone. It kind of just, like, hit me. Like, people work so much that they're, like, missing out on so many things. Like, helping a family member, for example. And, like, even on a smaller scale, it's just, like, enjoying life. Like, people don't even do that. People, like, don't take the time to do that. Yeah. Like, first of all, like, time-wise, like, work takes off so much of your time. And then second of all, like, energy-wise... By the time you're, like, off work, you're probably, like, really tired. And then if you have, like, a child, that's, like, even more time and energy. And then if you, like, need, like, meal prep and stuff for work, that's, like, more time and energy. And if you have, like, work to do, like, at home, like, I don't know, like, phone calls and emails and stuff, that's, like, basically the whole chunk of your life gone. Mm -hmm. From, like, the moment you start working to, like, the moment you retire. And then people are always like, yeah, I'm, like, working so I can, like, save up for retirement. But, like, why do you need to, like, save up for retirement, right? Like, what are you going to do when you're, like, 60? And your bones are weak. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, yeah, your body is not going to be at the prime that it is now. Mm. I was going to say something, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like, when I was a kid, right, my mom would always be like, Oh, don't, like, oh, don't play now. Play, like, after you do your work, right? And then she'd, like, be like, yeah, if you just spend a little more time doing your homework now, you'll get into a good school, like, a good high school. Because this was, like, when I was really young. She was like, oh, yeah, you'll get into a good high school, and you'll get into a good uni, and then you'll get a good job, and then you'll be rich, and you can do whatever you want later. But then I was like, why would I want to do whatever I want later? I want to do whatever I want now. Mm. like you miss out on so much stuff as a kid like especially coming from like an asian background i feel like yeah that's true that's true in primary school like from pre- preparing like for the oc test oh yeah selective i feel like i just studied so much well well actually maybe i didn't but i felt like i did because i feel like then my playtime drastically decreased yeah and then when i got to high school when like well, I feel like junior years didn't really, like... I mean, it, it didn't count to anything. It mm-hmm. didn't, like, matter. I mean, it doesn't really matter at all. So then I feel like during that period of time... And then I started playing League. Oh, yeah. And then you just, like... After you're forced to, like, not play for so long... You just indulge yourself and play for, like... We used to play as soon as we got home until, like... Dude, that's true. After dinner. That's yeah. pretty intense. And then... Not that it's necessarily bad, but there's just, like, no balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's kind of the concept of, like... Oh, basically, I started taking, like, melatonin pills, right? Because I, like, have a hard time falling asleep at night if it's not, like, literally 3 a.m. And then when I was, like, searching up, like, just, like, information about melatonin pills, there was this, like, thing called, like, a sleep... Like, a delayed sleep phase disorder that's basically, like oh, your sleep phase is, like, just delayed. Like, you just sleep later at night, right? Mm -hmm. And then it kind of reminded me of, like, something that I read, and it was, like, people who don't have control over their, like, days, they tend to sleep later at night for, like, like, a sense of, like, freedom. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I I definitely do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I always sleep late at night because I'm like, oh, no one can tell me what to do now. Like, I can do whatever I want at night. Like, it's, like, time for me to, like, like, unwind from the day. Yeah. Where you feel like you should be doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, like, in the daytime, I'm, like, if I'm, like, procrastinating or, like, if I'm just, like, on my phone, right, I'm, like, oh, like, I should be doing something. But then at night, it's kind of, like, oh, I should be sleeping. But sleeping doesn't have any, like, consequences. Mm. Like, it doesn't have any, like, like, it doesn't affect, like, my work and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm, like, oh, I can just not sleep and just, like, use this time to do whatever I want. Which is kind of stupid because I'm not really doing whatever I want. Like, what I want is, like, go outside and do stuff, like, skateboard or, like, I don't know, like, go take a walk and stuff. But I, like, can't even do that because it's, like, late at night. So I just end up going on my phone. Yeah. Like, either way, it's, like, a lose-lose situation, kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, in conclusion, 
now I just go to uni for like, I wouldn't say for fun, <laughs> like it's not for fun, obviously, but it's just to like gain more tools in my arsenary. Is that the word arsenary? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like gain more tools in my toolbox, like to le- like, I'm literally genuinely there to just like learn more about the things that I like, like design or like if I want to take like an elective in philosophy or whatever, like it's genuinely just like learn more about the things I like without the need of being like, oh, will this be useful to me in the future? Mm. Like I just, I kind of, I do like that uni kind of like atmosphere where you like, where everyone presents their work and you like have discussion and you like bounce ideas off each other and stuff like that. Like that, like I genuinely do like that. So I'm just going uni to like do the stuff that I like and like educate myself like for the purpose of education only. And then in the future, like I am 1000% sure that it'll work out for me. I don't think there's a need to like plan everything because literally plans never go right. I have not planned a single thing that like went the way that I wanted it to. (laughs) Like 2020, all my plans went out the window. (laughs) Oh, and, like, our parents and stuff, right? They're always like, oh, what do you want to do in the future? you got to, like, start working towards that now. But then I feel like all their plans went out the window as well, like, as soon as they, like, immigrated to Australia. True. Like, they worked so hard in, like, uni to get the degree that they wanted. But they're not even using it. Yeah, like, nobody's parents uses their degrees in Australia these days. There's no way they saw that coming. Our parents' mindset of, like, plan everything and stuff literally was just, like, from a different generation. Like, it probably worked for them in, like, high school. And, like, if they stayed in China, it probably would have worked for them. Because mm. Chinese, like, high school isn't, like, stuff is, like, really competitive. But I feel like for us, as, like, second gen? Second generation? First gen? First gen? Like, I don't know. <laughs> as, like, like, children of immigrants, like, we literally just need to have, like, a different mindset. It's like our parents had no choice. Because they did it for survival. Yeah, exactly. Like our parents, they all came from, like, poor villages in yeah. rural China. Yeah. And then they had no choice but to study really hard and to try, like, make money so that they will, like, not just eat, like, bread all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, apparently my parents used to always eat, like, bread and chili oil. Oh. Yeah. My parents used to always eat... I don't even know what it is. It's kind of like mantel, but it's with like yellow, yellow grain. It's like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of couscous, like, but not tool, really. Tool yeah, yeah, yeah. Tool yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like unrefined grains, I yeah. guess. And like eating an egg was like a delicacy. True. And now we have like so many eggs at home. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like what I said before. Like we have so many opportunities now to explore so many different things. And obviously that came from like our parents and I'm, like very grateful for that. But I also don't think that their mindset is very helpful in our context. Yeah. I feel like what you said about planning is, like, very tied towards the idea that we should, like, maximise our entire life with, like, doing productive things or things that people think are productive. Yeah. That will, like, work that, that will help us in some way to earn more money or to, like... Gain a title. Yeah, gain a title. Gain respect. Gain respect. Like all of those are very like outward things that you that you do for other people and not really for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like personally, I really don't have the motivation to be like a powerful CEO person so I can rub it in other people's faces. Like I yeah. really genuinely like as a person, I don't want that. Like I understand that some people do. Like some people do, but I don't understand like that reasoning. Like for me, I would like I would never want that. Yeah. So I guess for me like the only reason that I studied as a kid was just because other people were studying mm. to attain these things like power, like money and stuff that I didn't even want. But I guess at the end of the day, like I'm still technically like on this like journey if you would call it a journey like (laughs) like I still haven't got everything figured out basically I know that I don't care about like money and career and all that stuff but I don't know what to focus on yet Mm. like whether it's like um like just doing all the things that I want to do like taking off a bucket list or like I don't know like getting knowledge or whatever like I'm still not sure yet but it's like I'm going in the right direction Mm. and you're forming your own thoughts yeah my brain has so many folds right now. <laughs> it's a wrinkly. Is so it's so wrinkly. Yeah, I feel, I genuinely feel like I've gained more brain folds in yeah. quarantine. Oh, and another thing that I learned 
like this is like moving on completely from like what we talked on talked about before was I like in quarantine I like had the time to watch a lot of movies right and then I watched The Breakfast Club it's actually so weird because like before when I didn't know what The Breakfast Club was about like I don't know where I got this impression from but I thought it was about like a dad that's coaching his children for a hockey game <laughs> and then they were like they're like gonna play hockey and gonna like beat the finals or whatever and it's about like coming of age for the children Wait, i have the impression that it's about horse riding Ooh, yeah like some kind of like sport right <laughs> yeah. yeah and like a dad like a, there's like some sort of prominent dad figure yeah i don't know why i thought that but that's what i thought it was have you watched a breakfast no i haven't before? oh do you plan to yeah, maybe. But you talk about it. Talk about <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Okay, I'll try not... No, 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 it's fine. Talk about it. Like, I say I plan to, but I don't really watch that many movies. Okay, I'll... I'll keep it general, just in case anyone <laughs> listening wants to watch it. True, true. True, true, true. So, basically, it's about, like, these four people. Is it f- five people who are, like, in detention and the students? And, like, all of them are, like, very, very different, right? This is one, like, rich, pretty, popular girl... This is one, like, popular jockey guy. This is one, like, nerdy guy. This is one, like, delinquent. And then this is one girl who's just, like, really weird all the time, right? Just, like, super weird. I don't know how to describe it. Just, like, weird, right? And then it's about, like, them forming a friendship in detention despite, like, their differences, I guess. And then there were so many times in that movie that I, like, cringed at the things that these people did because, like, their personality was so different. Mm. Like, for example, one time the nerdy guy was like, oh, yeah, like, I, like, had a really hard time. I, like, had a gun in my locker because I was going to kill myself. And then people were like, oh, that's so sad. And they, like, were all crying. And then he was like, it was a flare gun, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, holy shit, wait, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, that's so embarrassing, like, because everyone was laughing at him, but then he was like, why are you laughing at my attempted suicide attempt? But <laughs> he tried to use a flare gun. Anyways, I would have been, like, really, really embarrassed. Or there's this other scene where the girl was like, oh, I have, like, a secret talent. I can put lipstick between my boobs and apply it. And then she did it. (laughs) I feel like that's something you would try. (laughs) I would try to, but I don't think I have the fine motor skill to do that. Mm. And then basically the delinquent was like, oh, that's so like slutty of you or whatever. I feel like if that was me, I would feel really embarrassed. But then like at the end of the movie, they all became really good friends, Mm. which kind of like, I don't know if this is like like a like a very common lesson to draw from the Breakfast Club, but to me it was like differences between people are like good. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I get you. <laughs> Actually, recently, um, did I read this? But it's just this idea that if you always hang out with like similar-minded people, like I guess you're close, like if you're, because cl- eventually your close circle of friends. Well, typically your close circle of friends <laughs> yeah. are people who are quite similar to you yeah. in, like, your ideas, like, your interests and your, like, like hobbies or whatever. Like, you have... Mm-hmm. And then after time, all your, like, opinions kind of mold into, like, one homogenous sort of thing. Yeah. Because you're all, like, influenced by each other. Yeah. And then you always like obviously your friends you support each other so then you're always like thinking in the same direction. Yeah. So it's like quite important to like be friends with like more with like different people. Yeah, like people with differing opinions. Yeah, different stuff, opinions. Right? Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of that also has to come down to like people being afraid to express themselves around new people. Yeah. Because they think that they'll be different. But then in my opinion, like, similar to, like, the Breakfast Club, right, their differences is, like, what they brought to the table and, like, what they could offer to the group, right? Like, even if you think, like, it's embarrassing or whatever, it's really not. Like, to them, how do I say this? Like, I guess when you see other people, right, you kind of have, like, a sense of other. It's kind of like whatever they do, it's, like, not really that embarrassing because mm. it's, like, them. Yeah, it's not you. Yeah, but then if you, you do something like that, you're like, oh, my God, why did you do that? You, like, you like agonize over it for, like, ages. But it's, like, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, if true. anything, it's just, like, a funny, funny story to them. Like, that guy trying to kill himself with a flare gun. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, like, a funny little anecdote, right? Like, nothing you do 
is ever as embarrassing as you think it is. Mm. Like, nothing you do is ever that embarrassing. There's never, like, any need at all to feel any shame for, like, the things that you're doing. I mean, unless if you're, like, like a, like a, like a, like a murderer or, like, something like that, right? Like, mm. obviously, I'm not talking about that. That's <laughs> not really a fun fact, yeah, telling not... someone that you're a murderer. Yeah, like, like, as long as you're not, like, you're not, like, on a day-to-day basis, no one is out there doing things that are so shameful that you need to be embarrassed by it. Like, everything that you do on a daily basis is just, like, you being you. And, like, you need to embrace the fact that you're you and the differences that you bring to the table. Mm. And it's kind of like in Melbourne, right? There was, like, a lot of opportunity to meet new people and make new friends. Like, meeting groups of people, like, by yourself. Because I guess, like, in uni or in high school, when you met new people, you were, like, always with your friends, right? So you're always, like, you have, like, a comfort blanket Mm. to, like, lean on, sort of. But then in uni, when you meet people, like, by yourself, it's, like, very, very daunting. And then I used to worry about, like, if the other person liked me or not. But then now I worry about, or not, like, worry, but, like, I'm more interested on whether I like the other person. Because, like, let's say I was worried about, like, if the other person liked me or not. And I was, like, trying to, like, like tweak my personality, personality to, like, be more digestible for them. Then when will I ever get to be myself around them if we do become friends? Right? You'll always mm. just have to be, like, pretending in front of them. Mm. But then if you're just by yourself you have, like, a more accurate gauge on, like, what your friendship will be like, like, what their personality is like. And, like, if you like someone else, I feel like ultimately that's more important than whether they like you. Mm. Like, trying to impress other people like to get them to like you. I, like, as in I only thought about that. I never really thought about, yeah. like, my concerns over whether I liked the other person. Like, I never really, like, that, that kind of thought never crossed my mind when I was meeting new people. Mm, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't really thought about that. Bro, you should. Like, it's so yeah. good to just think about, like, whether you like them. True. And just be yourself. Because then, like, by being yourself, I guess it's also more fair on the other person. So yeah. they can gauge whether they like you. Yeah. And it's more, like, stress-free. Because you're just, like, you know, interacting naturally without true. feeling that kind of, like, tension. I think even though I haven't really thought about whether, like on the first meeting if I like someone else Mm -hmm. I've come to like realize that if I just if I get to know someone and they don't end up liking them fundamentally then like I don't have to keep being friends with them yeah even if we've known each other for quite a long time yeah yeah I feel like it's important to have your own boundaries yeah because then they'll infiltrate your life yeah exactly you never want someone who like doesn't further you as a person to be like super close to you yeah Because I guess it's just, like, a waste of, like, time and effort to be friends with someone who, like, you don't even like that much. Yeah. Like, like, there's no reason to do that. It's, like, unfair for you and for the other person, too. Yeah, exactly. And I guess when you stop thinking about whether, like, how you can impress the other person when you're first meeting, then you'll stop trying to be, like, you'll stop trying to see things in a more, in, like, a superficial way. Because I feel like first meetings are always, like, appearance focused like not necessarily how you look like but like how you present yourself oh yeah 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 and i feel like that's pretty superficial because you're not yeah like i said you're not showing who you actually are that's true yeah yeah and then when you think about that all the time then then you're always worrying about like how other people perceive you when it doesn't really matter because true i feel like it doesn't matter how people look at you as long as you're fine with being you yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if the you, people yeah. who, like, who worry a lot about how other people see them by, like, bragging about their accomplishments or whatever end up, like, presenting themselves as, like, annoying little piece of shit anyways. Yeah, like, nobody true. likes people who are like, oh, I did all of this, blah, 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 blah. I'm blah, 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 blah. Like, nobody likes those kind of people anyways. Yeah. Oh, and then, like, I guess... It's like on the same pathway as like accepting your personality. I feel like I've also adopted that same kind of thinking towards my appearance. Like instead of comparing my appearance to like trends or whatever, I just see it as like a demarcation of me to everyone else. When you think about beauty standards, it's like so stupid, right? Like eyelashes. (laughs) Like people like thick and long eyelashes. But it's like, imagine if an alien saw you and you're like, 
and they're like, oh, why is um that person prettier than the other person? Why are they more like physically attractive? And you're like, oh, you see the little tiny pieces of hairs that are like above <laughs> their eyes. You see how that person has more. That that's why they're more attractive. Yeah. Like, why is it like these things, like a bigger butt or like bigger boobs, and not things like, oh, this guy has has a, has a sharper elbow. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or like this guy's earlobes, man. Their earlobes are so sexy. Dude, like, his <laughs> knees could break you. Dude, yeah. They're so pointy. Yeah, their knees. Or like, oh, that little like piece of skin between your lips and your nose. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why is it that? <laughs> why is it not that? And like, why is it like boobs and butts or whatever? And there's some like, hair on your face. Yeah, there's literally like no reason for that apart from that sort of like caveman mentality of like oh big boobs equals better fertility like larger hips equals easier childbirthing and like better hair means like better health or whatever but like in this day and age literally none of those are indicators of good health all these beauty standards stem from either superficial things like commercials or whatever or like this kind of like marker of good health for the sake of child rearing Mm. like it's like unnecessary in today's like day and age i feel like but like it causes such big problem in people's self-esteem like it's such a big part of people's lives like their appearance when in reality it like really breaks down to like absolutely nothing yeah oh yeah and also like when i look at like my friends and stuff right like, first of all, I don't judge them on how good-looking they are, like, obviously. But I don't even, like, see. Like, I can't even tell if they're, like, conventionally good-looking or not. Because to me, they're just, like, like that person. Like, if I see Ashley, like, you're just Ashley, right? Mm. But if I see your face, I'm like, oh, that's Ashley. I'm not like, bro, too many eyebrows. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, your nose. Too much of a nose. Like... I feel like if you have a good personality, then you're just, like, automatically more attractive anyways. Like, regardless of how you look. Yeah. Like, attractive in that people will, like, want to get to know you, and they just, like, radiate that, like, aura that attracts people to you. Yeah, So you don't really have to use, like, superficial ways of, like, making yourself look better. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's, like... Oh, like, there's, like, a fine line, right? Yeah. Like, you can't, like, you're not saying, like, don't take care of your appearance <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah. Be ugly as yeah. fuck but all I think, the time. Yeah, but I think the way that you take care of your appearance, it's more like it should... Be for yourself? Not really be for yourself. More like it should come naturally, not as, like, oh, forced. yeah. Because if you have, like, a good perception of yourself to begin with, then you would want to, like, take care of yourself in a way, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, it comes from... The person you are rather than the person you want to look like. That's actually very true. Because if you, like, genuinely, like, appreciate your body, you would want to take care of it. You you want to take care of the things that you love. Like, if you have a collection of coins that you care deeply about and you love, you will take care of it because you love it. Not because people are like, you should clean your coins every day. Wait, that's such a random example. (laughs) What the no, I think I think with like things like, for example, your fashion sense to begin yeah. with. Like, well, personally for me, I don't go out of my way looking at like I don't know trends or like what other people are wearing. Yeah, or whatever. It's like when I feel like I need like I need a new piece of clothing, mm-hmm. then I'll just look at what is available and see which one I like. Yeah, and not like what other people are wearing. It's like you buy something. I mean, you like do something about your appearance because. You feel like it's right. That's not true. You want to appear some way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like my approach to what I wear, right? I basically just buy items that I like, regardless of like if they look good or not. Like if I like it, I'll buy it. Yeah. And then if I like for pairing like clothes together, right? I just pair together whatever things, two things that I like of an equal amount. Like for example, if I have these like neon orange pants that I really really like and I also have this like really clashing uh, 
shirt, this clashing shirt that I also really, really like. I'll wear them together regardless of how they look together because I like them both equally. Mm, you like them individually. Yeah, I like yeah. them individually, so I'll wear them together regardless if they suit each other or not. Because at the end of the day, like, like fashion itself is pretty broad to begin with. There are a lot of, like, looks out there. Mm. that I personally am, like, oh, kind of ugly, right? Yeah. But, like, they're still, like, quote-unquote fashionable. I think it's more important of, like, if you like the item of clothing or not, you should just wear it. Yeah. Regardless of if it's, like, fashionably accepted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, like, the appearance thing. Once again, I saw another TikTok Mm -hmm. that was, like, your body is the creation of all your ancestors. Mm. Like, I never really thought about that before, but it's kind of true. From the billions and billions of years of, like, the Earth being created. And then the millions of years of life. Like, the thousands of years of, like, humans. Like, this is what I look like. Because this is, like, this is what prevailed throughout all those times. Like, it's kind of amazing, just, like, Mm. in and of itself. True. And then to compare something so, like, amazing to, like, these societal trends of, like, having a, like, a big butt. Like, big boobs. Yeah. It, like, does not make sense at all. should compare your DNA instead. <laughs> compare your DNA. <laughs> what you know what? That's going to become a thing in the future. What percent Neanderthal are you? I mean, it's kind of true. Like, trends change so much. Like, even in the time that we've been alive, it used to be, like, boobs over butts. Now it's, like, butts over boobs. And before, like, it was, like, oh, if you're, like, really skinny... Mm. means you're malnourished by working in the fields so it's like unattractive Mm. or like especially in like chinese standards like if you're tanned it means you're working in the field and you're like poor so it's like unattractive but now everyone wants everyone wants to be tanned because it's like you're going outside to the beach and stuff like that yeah like it's so superficial and to compare yourself so vigorously to these standards i guess is like very unnecessary yeah but also i guess it's hard to like abandon that mindset all of a sudden yeah like it's not like like i feel like everyone inherently understands these concepts but to actually adopt them takes like a lot of time and effort especially because trends can be capitalized upon oh yeah exactly yeah it's so easy to like commercialize a trend like like, for example, fake freckles and the, all those like freckle brands with like yeah. those pens you can draw on your face yeah exactly Oh, I just have a quote, but it's just yeah. sort of building on your thing about, like, your dream job or something. Mm-hmm. But I recently watched this TED talk, mm-hmm. and then it was just talking about, like, dream jobs and whatever. And mm-hmm. basically the gist of it was just, like, this one quote where it's, like, career satisfaction doesn't come from what you do. Mm-hmm. It comes from who you get to be while you're doing it. So it's, like, it doesn't, yeah. Like, it literally does not matter what you're doing as long as, as long as, like, while you're doing something... You feel like you're get, you're being fulfilled from it, and you feel like you're like in whatever way I guess you find fulfilling. Like for example, it could be just like learning, or yeah. like just or like providing value for other people. It's similar to like a thought that I had recently, and it was just about like my new perspective on how like money works. Because basically, every time you get something, you're like spending money. Like whether you buy a service or a good, you're like spending money to receive something when you do something like a job or like when you sell something like provide a service or a product you receive money so then technically it's just about like give and take right so if you like take a lot you're gonna be spending a lot of money but then if you give back a lot then you'll be like earning money right like whether mm. it's like through job like selling something so then as long as you kind of like balance your give and take to the world i reckon you'll be like okay yeah <laughs> yeah like true. if you just like help someone because like technically all jobs boil down to like helping people like whether you're like a doctor or a teacher or like even like a retail assistant you're like helping people so what is your dream job what, what is your dream then what is my dream yeah what is your dream yeah i like i don't know about like a singular dream but there's like many things that i want like, I want to live in a cottage mm. with, like, my cats, Fermi, and also Fermi's friend, who I don't have yet, but I will adopt a friend for Fermi. <gasps> soon? No, 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 not soon. <laughs> okay. Not soon. 
<laughs> but I want to live in a cottage with like my cats. That's one thing that I want. Mm. I also have so many things that I want to make. Like we were talking about this recently, like that quote, you're like happier oh, yeah. when you're making things. Yeah. Right. Which is like so true. Like every time I make something, like I genuinely feel so much joy from it. Like this podcast, for example, so exciting to make mm. and like art, writing, making yeah. music, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think creation is like going to be a big part of my life and also like gaining knowledge and stuff, continuously learning. Like there's so much knowledge out there. And I feel like it's such a waste to let it go unabsorbed by my brain. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What is your dream? What is my dream? Yeah. Well, I don't know. No dream. No brain, no thoughts. <laughs> actually, a while ago, when my mom... Actually, my mom and Phoebe both asked me, like, what, is you, what do you want to do, right? Uh-huh. Or, like, what is your dream? Or what is your, like, goal in life? And mm-hmm. I was just like... Oh, I just want to be like the best person I can be. Mm, mm. That is true. I mean, but I mean, best is like quite vague. But I feel like there's no point defining it now, anyways, because it will always be yeah, changing. Yeah, it will always be changing. Yeah, as long as you think you're like doing the most currently. I think right now for me, that's like learning about things, being less sheltered mm-hmm. from the world, mm-hmm. also making things. Yeah, because yeah. I remember last year, like I randomly um started making stickers and post on Etsy to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, that was very exciting. And then, like, I was actually really surprised that, like, people actually bought it. Like, I think my first order was from, like, like the Netherlands or something. Oh, and yeah, I, like, I remember what? that. The Netherlands? Yeah, and it was, like, so random. And, like, a few other ones are from Europe. And I was like, how did they even find this? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, experiencing those, like, small joys from that is so worth it. Yeah when you were talking about being the best version of yourself right yeah suddenly i had like a thought of what i would have thought as a reaction if i was like younger like two years ago right yeah like in the midst of like that hsc kind of thing i would have just been like oh people who say that are just like stupid they just like me too right they just like they just don't know what they want in life blah 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 they're just like useless members of society (laughs) or whatever yeah But then, like, thinking back, that was such, like, a narrow-minded perspective to have. Yeah. To just, like, disregard everything that you said because, I don't know, it didn't align with what I thought at that time, right? Mm. We love self-growth. True. No, I think that is definitely what I would have thought. Like, if so, like, it just sounds like the most cheesiest... Like, generic, vague shit, right? It's like that mindset, like, once you... Like, you kind of get it, but you don't fully understand it until, like... Until something hits you. Yeah, something hits you. Yeah, you need yeah. to have, like, a catalyst for change. Yeah. And also, I think people who have, who, like... I think to have more specific goals, then you're, like, sort of giving up on the possibility for, like, change in oh, your mindset, yeah. in a way. That yeah. means, like, you're not really open to, like, what new things might, like, come your way. If you're, like, if your goal is, like... I can't think of anything specific. No, I kind of get you. Yeah. Like, for example, let's just say your dream is to be, like, a doctor or, like, a lawyer or something. Yeah. So you're like, oh, in high school I'm going to get good marks. In uni I'm going to get good marks. Yeah. And then I'm going to do a residency, like, internship thing. And then I'm going to be, like, a doctor or a lawyer. Mm. But then, like, I feel like through that you reject so many possible opportunities for so many, like, other things. Mm. Right. Like, you've already planned your life from, like, what, like, 18 mm. or like whenever you decide to be like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever you've like decided your whole life from 18 but like what do you know as like an 18 year old like literally nothing yeah but then you're gonna like base your whole life on that like it just seems kind of like reductive mm. to reject all the possibilities that being alive surrounded by technology and people everything has for you I think, like, once you, like, cement an idea in your mind, you stop thinking about, or you stop believing that you will change as well. Yeah. In a sense. Because then if if something happens that is, like, out of your, like, plans or your comfort zone, then you'll do everything against it instead of seeing what it could bring instead. That's true. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that happens yeah. to, like, people. They, like, reject so many, like, opportunities to, like, focus on this one thing. Oh, and also, if you, like, make a plan, you never plan to be happy. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> once you've achieved the thing that you've planned for, is that when you'll be happy? I highly doubt it. Because, like, when do you stop? Like, I saw Best Dress talk about this, right? Like, the YouTuber. Mm. She was like, oh, when she was, like, a small YouTuber, she wanted to hit one million. And then once she hit one million, she felt happy for a little bit. But then immediately she was like, oh, what's my next milestone? Like, two million, three million, ten million, right? Like, once the plan stops, there's always, like, more of these superficial things that you need to gain in order to, like, quote-unquote, be happy. So, yeah. In conclusion, appreciate the present. Appreciate what you have now. Appreciate yourself. Appreciate your friends. Appreciate the opportunities that you have. Just appreciate. Yeah, just appreciate. Yeah. 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 On that note, that concludes today's podcast. Have a good day. (laughs) Have a good day.